I said at the beginning, I'm Brady Petrell, joined with my co-host. I'm G Money Dog, homie bro. What's crackalacking, Game Cloud Nation? Nothing besides me being uh, us communicating dumbly. That's on me. No, my bad, my bad. I should ask. We, we, no, we both we both messed up and both didn't communicate. That's but guess we're what? We're here now. We're here, and we still got 50 minutes to talk about some stuff. So oh, let's shizzle. get going. All right, Jay, how was your day so far? It was good. It's good. It was good. good. How was yours? Mine's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You digging school? You digging your uh, uh, everything you're doing? Yep. Yep. I yeah. did a sports and ethics exam yesterday. How was it? Pretty cool. Yeah, you digging sports? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I love sports. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of sports, let's get right into it, Jay. You're on it like white on rice, brown on a paper bag. Lies right. on you know what. Let's keep it down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Williams Bryce Stadium. Now put your hands together for your South Carolina game card. Yeah. So, what? Uh, start us off, Brady. So, Troy was this weekend, and first of all, Columbia itself, the city, the weather, did not want us to enjoy this game no. because it was miserable going to this game, heat-wise. It I'll was. Get that out of the way. My uh, my buddy I went with, uh, you know, didn't drink a lot of water that day. He passed out at the game wearing a black hat. He did not. He did. I'm telling you. So I had to leave the game early, but that was I, I would have wanted to anyways because it was much better watching it on TV than it was watching that stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said, the product on the field looked pretty good. Yeah. It, it looked decent enough, and there was a lot of careless careless mistakes in this game. That, there was. Uh, that won't happen again. Yeah. Um, I mean, let me let me do a little rundown of what what my perspective of this game was. <clears throat> Excuse me, Gamecock fans. Although the heavily favored Gamecocks welcomed the Trojans of Troy into a packed Williams Bryce Stadium, you would have anticipated a large a large margin of victory. The weather was pretty good. We had sixty thousand six hundred eighty six students and fans in the stands. A team that just came off a horrible loss to Kentucky the week prior. The expectation was to see South Carolina take their frustrations out on a Sun Belt team that isn't at the level of a Power Five conference school, especially against the SEC, the strongest conference in the country. But while the Gamecocks started okay, having a seventeen to seven lead at the halftime is what you call a slight disappointment. In the second half, the Gamecocks failed to score a touchdown and settled for two field goals, which led Gamecock Nation with a lot of mixed emotions. Some said, we suck! <laughs> Some said, we're rebuilding, bro. It takes time. <laughs> and others said, we're just straight beep trash. Troy had had more first downs, more rushing yards with 145. B.J. Smith had over 100 yards alone. More rushing attempts, yards per rush, rushing TDs, and yards gained. USC led with 255 passing yards to 163 by Troy. Yay. USC also ended the game with 356 yards of total offense to Troy's 308. Oh, USC also led the game with two fumbles. But on a positive note, they did have two interceptions for a touch for 73 return yards and one going the distance for a pick six. Our lone touchdown came from the off from the off season's transfer portal as Doty hit EJ Jenkins for the score. So, and let's premise that we had another touchdown, and 
We had two touchdowns. Uh, but we had we had a third one that. Oh yeah. Someone, uh, yeah yeah yeah. So what's cracker lacking, Gamecock Nation? If you have this guy in your class, we need to have a little sit down with him, because we've seen this before. Buffalo Leon Lett running down a field in a Super Bowl of all games and got the ball tipped right before it went across the goal line. What's up with this? What's up with this? I don't understand it. How can you be so excited to pick up a, a, a fumble, run 50, 60 yards, thinking you're all that in a bag of chips, and just flick the ball at the one-yard line? So, Jamar Brown, is, uh, he's, the, he's the one. He's the guy. He got the, he got the pick, and he had a great game, actually. Yeah. He, had a, he had a great game, and he almost got a touchdown to cap it off. But He kind of had to make up for that. He had to. He yeah. had to make up for it. And his mindset, I've seen his, uh, some of his, I don't know the exact quotes, but some of his press conferences afterwards where he's talking about how he, it's on him, he yeah. needs to do better. So he's taking the right approach to this, but God, was it embarrassed. It was, it was. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there at home, I'm monitoring the game, of course, and I'm thinking Trojans, Sunbelt, you know, well, they, they do have a couple good teams, i.e. Coastal Carolinas in that league, but that is the only real good team in that league. This team that we were playing was supposed to be an Eastern Illinois-type competitive-natured game. So when you go into the game with a mindset of like, okay, we're going to just go out there, give Dottie a, a, a good run for the money as far as getting his skills warmed up for, for next week's game, which we will go into in a little bit. Um, but it just seemed as though Trojan came with the mindset, we're playing SEC, we're going to make a statement game, we're going to show the country that we're not here to just be ran over. And then the opposite went for the USC Gamecocks. They thought, it seemed as though, they thought it was going to be, uh, we got Troy, let's just get through Troy, You know, this, we don't have to work very hard, and we'll just get an easy win. Obviously that was not the case. Yes, that was not the case. It wasn't. A very close game. I don't think I was very, I was ever very nervous about this game. But the there's some, there's definitely an, a problem with our offense where for some reason we can't rush the ball like we used to. We we can't even rush the ball like we did last year. Mm-mm. We can't uh, we can't pass when it matters. I feel like, and I don't know if it's on Doty. I don't know if it's on the scheme that we're running because it's everything is just. It, nothing is clicking, especially when it comes to getting into the end zone. Right. You know what? I, I think that, you know, our views say one thing. But what does Beamer have to say about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, credit Troy. I said it coming in this week, and and uh, I think it was pretty evident out there. They're a really good football team. Um, defensively, they played better on offense today, did a lot of good things. And, and uh, Coach Lindsey does a great job there. And, and uh, I talked on Tuesday about how hard they play, and you saw that today. Um, so credit them, and best of luck them, to them for the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I feel like I aged about 40 years during that game. Uh, I don't know if it was the same in the press box, but, man. Uh, but proud of our guys and, and uh, proud of our guys and the way they battled and, and never flinched. And, and obviously a huge play by Spalding there at the end of the first half to give us momentum going into halftime. But, you know, we talked about it at halftime, that we're in a dogfight, and this is a good football team that's going to come back out in the second half. And and we said, you know, let's just get this thing to the fourth quarter. And, and uh, we're built for this, and we've continued to find ways to win games in the fourth quarter, if you look at East Carolina as well. And, and that's what those guys did. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's trying to defend his team. I really, I really believe that he has faith in his team, and I, and, and we all kind of have a little bit of faith, but when you see a, a an exhibition 
of that nature, you have to wonder, you know, and we'll go about this in Tennessee, but you have to wonder, are, are, do we even have a team that can compete, can con- compete in the SEC? Yeah, and one, when you look at this game, it's very, it's very weird because college football is, it's not always about the game of the week. It's always about who you previously played, who you previously lost to, who you, stuff like that. When you look at this game versus the late game we talked about last week, and now what we know about Kentucky, because now Kentucky's ranked 16. Mm-hmm. Kentucky yeah. just beat Florida, yeah. a very good SEC team, and we held them to 16 points. And we could have won that game if we just, like, I don't know. I, I firmly believe coming from that game, we could have won that game. We could have owned that game versus Kentucky. So why, why can we do that to Kentucky knowing now that Kentucky's good and still be disappointed after that game and then you come to Troy and we're not blowing them out of the water? I think, I think the, the Kentucky loss wasn't, wasn't as much as we didn't – or Kentucky was so good. I don't think they were that good. I think their rushing game was off the chain, but and our defense is not. But I also think that Kentucky is winning consecutive games and building momentum off of that. You know, USC is. You know, they we we came off a big loss to Georgia, uh, but we knew that we're coming into Kentucky that wasn't the same type of defensive matchup, and we thought that we could take Kentucky. Kentucky, on the other hand, is winning, and so they come in here. So no, we can't. We got to stop that. So we're going to build momentum from one game to the next, to the next, to the next. So they come in and beat us. Like okay, this is our SEC SEC season opener. Why don't we just go to Florida and do the same thing? What are we? What? What? Why can't we do that? And with momentum wise, there could be a real. This could be a spark that could help Doty because this is a. This could be a real thing where Seb Nolan won our two games. Yeah, our two games before this, and. That means Doty's coming into this Georgia game and Kentucky game with no momentum, and then now comes into this Troy game off two losses. Mm-hmm. So there was no momentum from Eastern Carolina coming in. Oh, I guess there was when, but Zeb got hurt. Yeah. So you come in, and I, you're right. With momentum wise, there's nothing to build off of right. each week because it's all. Uh, so maybe this Troy game was supposed to be a close game, momentum-wise. It was supposed to be a USC coming out, blowing the roof off of Williams-Brice and giving our fans something to cheer about because when you when you lose to Kentucky the way we did, there should be no excuses why Troy should not have been a dominant performance, why we couldn't run the ball, why we can't pass the ball. Um, all three phases had something wrong with them. that it, We were not in tune. That's what it is. We're just not in tune. And as we previously spoke – Beamer is trying to bring the atmosphere of of family, friendship, uh, belonging. Know your job. Do your job. Rely on the guy next to you. I do not see that right now. I don't. I think no. it's more of a mess. You know. I, I I do. I agree. And I think on the field, I think the defense does play as a as a collective unit. They mm-hmm. just might not be the the most talented. But right. the because we get turnovers, we get turnovers, yeah. we get sacks. I think we're leading the nation right now in, in turnovers, to be honest with you. Yeah, and Jalen Foster is a big part of it. He yeah. leads the nation in, in uh, interceptions for, through the past uh, four weeks. I don't know about this week now. But when you have the weird plays, like when you toss it out of the end zone, yeah. or you have two fumbles that get picked up, dropped, picked up, dropped, picked yeah. up, dropped, it's, that, it's not – 
that's not how to win football games. Great so teams don't do that. Yes. When was the last time that uh, Alabama, Alabama was doing that? I, I I don't see them dropping the ball, running around, thinking that they're all that in the back. I mean, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going all the way, and then I'm just gonna flick it. Look, man, why don't you just be humble about what you're doing, run into the run into the goal line, uh, uh, the end zone, and just celebrate with your with your teammates there and with the fans. Don't you know? It's almost like a singular type of atmosphere sometimes on that field on yeah. defense that okay I got mine I got mine now he was getting his you know maybe it's a little too that, cocky we saw that a lot with the basketball team last year yeah. and that's was one of the main reasons why we saw them struggle yeah where and on offense I I just don't know what the issue is no I feel like nothing we've ever tried has been working all season so I don't know if that's because Doty's foot is still hurt. He said to he, I saw a quote. He said it feels like a hundred percent. He's yeah. back getting back there. So maybe in Tennessee he will be lights out. But if there's, and I'm not saying let's get to benching him now. But if there's, if we, if we're still seeing this in five weeks, let's yeah. or not five weeks in three weeks, let's let's see what else we got. Well, know? well, well. I have to say, Doty didn't have what Zeb Nolan had. Right, and so during that time, which which Doty was injured, he wasn't out there running. He wasn't out there doing the things he was supposed to do. So his spring training is now still. Yeah. You know, he's not up to par to even you know be a success on the field. And then again, you also got to talk about what uh, Beamer had mentioned. Georgia has a whole bunch of hundreds of five star recruits and four star recruits. We don't. So Doty has to be that four star rec- uh, quarterback that he came in. And step up when you know you don't have the offensive line that's going to give you, you know, six, seven, eight seconds behind the line. You got to understand that you got to move. You got to. You only have three to five seconds, no matter how much defense that you have. Um, and and your wide receivers, they got to get out quick, fast, and hurry because Doty doesn't have the time. The what bothers me is it, from the start from Eastern Illinois uh, five weeks ago is there's a guy sitting on the bench. Twitching his leg, yeah. getting ready to get in, and his name is Jason Brown. Yeah. And he's ready to go in, and I feel—I mean, of course, I've not seen him practice. Uh, Beamer does. Uh, I, don't, I don't see his reps. I don't know how he throws the ball. I don't know anything, but I know he's got heart, and I know that he wants to go out there and compete. So, what? Is, what is Brown? What? What? Is, what is? What is he? A sophomore, junior, senior? I think he's a redshirt senior. At this okay. Point. Well, that 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 has a problem with it because yeah, uh, it Dottie is what a sophomore. Yes, Dottie is a sophomore. Okay, so Dottie is kind of the face of the team and the future of the team unless we get a five-star quarterback to come in here and take his spot. So do we allow Dottie to continue doing what he's doing and hopefully build momentum through the remainder of the season, knowing that we're not going to be that good anyways, or do we bring in some guy who's going to be here for this season anyways? You know what I mean? Because if Dottie goes through the rest of the season, builds – and becomes more of a familiar with the SEC a full season or at least another nine games uh, or seven games, whatever it is, um, and then going to next season with, with building, uh, having that experience through him, going through the hard times, going through getting all the sacks and, and, and the interceptions that he's going he's gonna to get the remainder of the season. Do we want to do that, or do we want to just give another a guy who's only going to be here for another you know seven games the opportunity to uh, play? What do you think? Well, in this year, you have like you gave up a great point, and I wasn't saying let's bench, let's bench him and all that stuff. But uh, you have a point. But if I felt if he wasn't healthy enough, like if he's now just saying my foot's feeling 100 percent better, I and Zeb Nolan 
he was on the staff already. Like he was done playing football. Yeah. I don't know. This was a. I guess this was a question I should have asked. Uh, out in week one, why yeah. he's not playing? But there's there comes a time if it's you know if it's the Missouri game and we haven't won a game since, and Doty's not looked great since. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it's time to put in not even just Jason Brown, but uh, Colton Gaither. Yeah, he's a freshman that we just got. We have other people, but and you know I'm not blaming everything on Doty. I'm sure. not trying to blame anything on Doty. I'm just saying if that scenario does come, maybe it's time to see what other people. Got. You know, some NFL teams have a, uh, uh, especially in New Orleans, they have Jameis Winston. I mean, he's not the greatest quarterback, but he is their starter. But there are certain plays. Yes, that they have that, Taysom Hill play. Yeah, he comes in. Mm-hmm. That could be a case in, in 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 which we might be able to adopt something like that. You know, because uh, we do have able-bodied quarterbacks waiting to come in, and they are not slouches. They are good quarterbacks. They may not be Doty uh, level, but they are just almost just as good. So if you're exactly right, Doty's not performing. He's not producing. He's not getting the yards of touchdowns. He's not running with his feet. Give somebody opportunity to come in there for a play or two and just energize the team. You know, Russell Westbrook, that's what he does. He comes in, he energizes the team. There's a few players who do that. Let somebody else come in and just wake the team up. And maybe put some fire under Doty. We have exactly. Couple, they throw in a couple of those plays. Maybe he puts some fire under him, gets him set, gets him ready to go. And maybe maybe it's just all about health. It's at. Maybe he finally feels 100, and maybe he'll uh, light the bricks off. But yeah. that being said, it's it also comes down to our offensive line. Because no quarterback's going to look good in there no. when we can't block for him. Absolutely. Just like I was saying before, we're not Georgia. We don't have four- and five-star uh, recruits on our line. we got to deal with what we have. But then again, when you come back down to it, neither does Kentucky. Neither does Tennessee. Neither does uh, 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 Vanderbilt that's going to come up pretty soon. So we can't really use these things as excuses. Of course, these are facts that you have to get around, but players can also improve. Just because you're ranked as a three-star when you come in here to be an offensive lineman doesn't mean you can't improve to being a four-star quality player. So some of these people that are on the line should be improving. They're not all freshmen coming out of high school last year. They should be improving. If they were to come out of high school right now, we might have a couple four-stars on that line. Mm -hmm. When they yell, they all need to step up, protect the quarterback, knowing that this is not must-champ ball anymore. We are here to win. We're not here to settle. We're we're here to to, to concrete Beamer's first year and get more than three wins. You know, last year, well, we had two. So we have three now. So why 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 can't we step step our game up and go to the next level and improve during the, during the whole entire season? Yes, and speaking of Tennessee, let's bring in our resident Tennessee expert, our producer, Mr. Riley Hudson. Riley, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Brady. What's crack a lacking, yo? Yo, Riley, I gotta ask. You know Tennessee more than both of us because you are from there. You were originally a Tennessee fan. Now, of course, Gamecock hey, keep Nation. Keep that down, Brady. Come on. Seeds all. He's wearing a Peyton Manning hat, everybody. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, Riley, what do we need to worry about for this Saturday? What is the key to stopping Tennessee? Uh, well, while South Carolina was at Williams Bryce, you know, uh, just squeaking out. I won't. I wouldn't say squeaking out a win, but um, you know, not not playing their best ball. Tennessee was in the other Columbia, the worst Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, <laughs> putting on a show. Yes, beating the bricks off of Missouri. Final score, Tennessee 62, Missouri 24. Uh, Tennessee went into this game as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog and ended up winning the game by, what, 38? 
Yeah. And That's pretty impressive for a team that was underdogs going into, yes. going into the game. And um, Tennessee finished the game with 458 yards of rushing, <clears throat> which uh, Missouri, uh, if I haven't looked at the stats completely, but have been the worst rushing defense in the SEC. And to be quite honest, I don't think uh, South Carolina is far behind. They uh, South Carolina's given up a 100-yard rusher in the past two games um, and uh, – are still trying to find their starter um, at quarterback. And at the same time, uh, Tennessee found theirs last week in Hendon Hooker. Uh, found a great running back in Tyron Evans, or Tyon Evans. And um, I don't know. Uh, Tennessee looked good last week. South Carolina didn't look as good. So uh, Yes, uh, Tennessee impressed. South Carolina didn't. That's why we are 10-point underdogs going into Knoxville. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. And not only that. The half point probably comes from Tennessee wearing their all-black uniforms. Yeah, Did that's awesome. That? Oh, my goodness. I went on that site today and was like, damn, yeah. that is a nice uniform. It looks good. Yeah. It kind of stinks it's a noon game and they're yeah. wearing them, but yeah. well, that's okay. way. Yeah, I'm, I, I, go ahead. Sorry, the last time Tennessee wore those was in uh, Halloween night 2009, a game against South Carolina where uh, Tennessee came out on top. Nice stat, nice stat. I'm going to give you my thoughts on this Tennessee volunteer game. All right. To be honest – I really don't think USC has a chance versus the Volunteers. They are coming off a blowout win versus the Tigers of Missouri with a score of 62-24. to Missouri also lost to Kentucky, but they put up 28 points. Tennessee's loss came from a very good Pitt team who is coming off a 52-21 to win over Georgia Tech. They did lose to Florida, but it wasn't a blowout. Tennessee is favored by 10.5 points, and I really think that the Gamecocks will lose by at least 14, if that close. Our defensive line can't hold anyone, as we've seen during the Kentucky game, and with Doty having a career-high 255 yards versus a non-Power 5 school, leads me to believe that he will be under 200 versus an SEC school. My prediction for this game, sorry to say it, Gamecock Nation, but 46-21 Tennessee, and to make matters worse, unless a team unless a team on our remaining schedule has a very, and I'm talking very bad day, Gamecocks should prepare themselves for a very possible 3-9 and nine record. That's a, that's a very sad statement you just had to read. But it but, could be very but true. It, it could be very true. Riley, I got to ask you something. With Tennessee last year, they got in a scandal of handing money through McDonald's bags uh, to players to try to recruit them. What were the implications with that team, and how are they still winning after all the things that they had to go through afterwards? Uh, well, last year uh, it was over. I think it was probably baseball season at the time, but um, it was uh, head coach Jeremy Pruitt. Um, all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone that Jeremy Pruitt has been fired. And after a, uh, a subpar year for uh, Tennessee, I wasn't expecting that, but – then all of the uh, news reports about the McDonald's bags came in. I knew a lot of uh, I knew a lot of jokes were coming. A lot of good ones came. Um, was expecting more uh, McDonald's bags and stuff at the football games or especially away games. Um, but uh, the uh, the entire staff pretty much got fired. They brought in Josh Heupel out of US uh, UFC, not UFC, like a UCF, and. Uh, um, Tennessee fans wanted offense. They got offense in Josh Heupel. South Carolina fans wanted offense. They got offense in uh, Shane Beamer. Um, 
But to be quite honest with you, I don't know how they kept all this talent um, or how they're still winning games because they lost so much. They, I'm pretty sure, f- like fifty something players went into the transfer portal at the end of the uh, at the end of the year. So, um, well, maybe those uh, McDonald's bags are getting gifted in a different way. That's yep. how we're getting players. That's true. That is true. Uh, it actually just, I think it just shows their resilience. Yeah, could they, be. If they can get this coach, they're three and two right now, and as you mentioned, they they lost to some good teams. Yeah. So, it's uh, and they've won the games. There's like the thing that stinks is they should be like we should be doing what they're doing, which they are winning the team. They're winning the games that they're supposed to be winning by a lot, and then the teams that they're supposed to lose to, they look good against. I guess unless you unless you don't want to count the Florida game as looking good, but the rest, everything's looks great. So, it's it's a, they're an interesting team to come up against because it seems like they're a mirror image of what we're also supposed to be. Sure, uh, I mean, I really think that they have potential to uh, be good, but then again, Game Cognition has a potential to be good mm-hmm. as well. It could be a good matchup, but I think that because it is in the Volunteer Stadium. And it's their home. They're awesome uniforms. I got I got to give it to them. Those are great uniforms. Um, and we are coming in off of a barely, barely beating uh, Troy, um, and they crushing a Missouri SEC team. I think that they're going to be having so much emotion and confidence in this game that USC is just going to be overpowered unless we start off early, unless we get a kickoff return going 50 yards back, unless we get a big play early in the game. I really don't think this is going to be much of a matchup. I hope. Don't give me – I mean, Beamer, if you're listening, I hope this is not the case and we want you to win. But when it comes down to it, your track record says a little bit different. So we're all hoping for a victory, but then again, I'm the pessimist here. 46-21, Tennessee. They, they don't know – they don't know that I'll be in the stands. Riley and I will be in well, the stands. Well, congratulations. So that Tennessee is – we have a secret weapon against them because we will be there. So, anyways, this uh, this seems like it will be a good matchup. Hopefully it's a close game. Hopefully our offense wakes up a little bit. We get some other things going. But, sadly enough, as much as I love talking about football, I think it's time to move on with the negativity and let's talk about some other – You know, I, I, we could. We could. Do you want to you go to something else or you want to talk about uh, – um, Stephon Gilmore. Oh, I was going to talk about. I was. Do you want to? Let's do the rundown of Columbia. Then we'll okay. move on to pro. All right. You want me to go ahead? Yep. Go All right, right ahead. Oh. Drum roll. All right. Here we go. Baseball. The University of South Carolina baseball team continues fall practice with a scrimmage on Thursday at Founders Park. All scrimmages are free and open to the public. Gamecock Nation, come out. See your team and root them on, just like we do our football team. Why are we not out there? Why are we not rooting them on? Why are we not talking about them more on this radio show? If, it, if you were out there as a fan, we will talk to, to you more about how we are producing as a football team and a baseball team. Let's go, fans. Let's get out there, Gamecock Nation, even from around the world. You can listen in. Men's basketball and women's basketball. Gamecock men's and women's basketball excited to host the Madness on Main, presented by Coke Zero Sugar on October 15th in downtown Columbia on Main Street. Fans are welcome to come and check out the 2021-22 Gamecock basketball teams prior to the start of the season in early November. Admission is free once again for the outdoor event, which is set to begin at 6.30 p.m. Fans are asked to wear masks in accordance with state and local laws and ordinance. And, ladies and gentlemen, 
No autographs will be taking place. I know, I know. That's why you go. But, hey, just go and invent. Uh, uh, enjoy yourself. Meet the players. Say, hey, yo, what's up? And enjoy uh, a preview of what's going to happen this season. On men's soccer, the start time for the South Carolina men's soccer match against Florida International on October 16th was announced on Tuesday. The Gamecocks are set for a 10.30 a.m. first kick against the Panthers. Fans will be able to watch the match on Carolina men's soccer Twitter page or, or can follow along with the live stats on GamecocksOnline.com. The start for the men, this is awkward, ladies and gentlemen, the start time for the men's soccer match was decided to avoid, it was decided to be changed to avoid conflict with the Gamecocks football team kickoff on the same day. So is that prejudice? Are we wanting our football team more than our soccer team? Unfortunately, that seems to be the case. Where's the money come from? Football. (laughs) Men's tennis. Five ranked players from South Carolina men's tennis are in Tulsa, Oklahoma to compete in the ITA All-American Championship. November 3rd, Daniel Rodriguez, I'm sorry, number three, Daniel Rodriguez, number 16, Connor Thompson, and number 39, Raphael Lambling, have been selected to the main draw, while number 49, Toby Samuel, and number 56, James Story, will compete in the qualifying rounds. Number four, Pair number number four pair Rodriguez and Thompson have also been selected to compete in a doubles main draw, while Labeling and Story will compete in a qualifying doubles round. Congratulations to them. Keep it going, everybody. Look it up and support them. If you're in class with them, say yo, what's up? You guys are doing great. Women's cross country. The South Carolina cross country team earned a tenth place finish at the Paul Short Run on Friday on the campus of Lehigh, which is in Philly. It was a six k run. The game Gamecocks finished tenth tenth. In the team race, with 342 points, Carolina's top 10 finish as a team came in a field of 39 teams. Hannah Twine, if you're out there, congratulations, 23rd overall. Lily Weeks, 58th. Kyra Jenkins, 80. Claudia Zatsky, 90. It's unbelievable. Let me tell you something. Between 23rd place and 135th place, it's a difference between 21.54 minutes on a 6K run and 23.23 minutes. It's unbelievable how close it is to become 110 places down. In equestrian, number nine, South Carolina dropped a heartbreaking 8-7 to decision to number six, TCU, on Saturday. In additional notes... Angel Frank on our track and field. Everybody need to give it up to him. If you see her, she's a sophomore. She was labeled as the Food Line Community Service Athlete of the Week. Volunteers at the Salvation Army, amongst many other things. Go Angel. And in volleyball, Courtney Weber, junior chemistry major of all things. She has a 3.755 GPA. And she was named the Colonial Life Academic Athlete of the Week. If you know her, know them, congratulate them. And that is quick roundup of the athletic events other than football here on the Gamecock Nation campus. On other notes, before we move on to pro again, basketball's getting started. Yeah. I've seen some hype videos. It is. The women's team, the men's team. I'm excited to be in Colonial Life every every game, and, uh, and I'm excited to talk about them. So... Uh, other than that, that was a great roundup, Jay. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Let me let me let me ask you. Let me ask you, on your level of excitement, uh, on the inside of your body, the heart pounding, the 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 chicken skin, in anticipation for this women's basketball team. Man, you're out there. Congratulations! I know you're doing great. We're hope, hoping you're doing great. But right now, we're talking about the women. Best recruiting class in the country. The best starters coming back from a Final Four appearance last year. And the best coach in the world. Faux shizzle my nizzle. She is uh, one 
to be reckoned with. I mean, she's getting interviewed by NBA uh, teams, uh, gold medal Olympic coach. She is the standard in which all women's coaching and possibly men's should be labeled as. But let me tell you, I am so excited. They will go undefeated. Hey, hey, hey. Connecticut, don't even think you have a chance this year. Uh, Baylor, nope. Arizona, nope. Oregon, I love you to death. Nope. It's going to be undefeated. When you got all this talent, it, it, you can't stop them. No, they, yeah, they are ready to go. They're ready to kick butt, and it's revenge season. Yeah. It's revenge season to losing in a tournament, and off the way we did, we want to we want to beat UConn in the championship. Oh, absolutely. That's what we want. So. You know, rumor has it some uh, uh, teams in Utah, I you don't know, got a chance either. I mean, they're... Oh, oh, all right. And shout out to the Maryland folks out there yeah. who think they have a chance. No, I don't think happening. so. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, in fact, up in the SJMC, I saw uh, Aaliyah Boston. And oh. I was like, what? And the, the, the security guy was out there said, was that Aaliyah Boston getting in that car? I said, oh, yeah. She comes out here and parks all the time. And I said, no kidding. He says, yeah, I'd love to get an interview with her. Oh, maybe I'll talk to her one day. So I get to see her on Tuesdays and Thursdays, at least getting into her vehicle. I was like, yeah, I got to get in. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a student. Yes. But, I mean, if you're not a fan of Gamecock basketball, especially this women's team, uh, there's something wrong with you. you got to support your team, whether you're a fan or not, because they're representing you on a national uh, uh, a, a national coverage. You know, if anybody knows anything about USC in Oregon, they're going to be thinking, "Oh, you're talking about the women's basketball team." Yes. yes. So yes. you need to support them. The uh, and the best part about them is, like, if, uh, the you need to if you're if you go to school here, you need to be fans of them. Absolutely, they're the best team in our school. Yeah, by far. So uh, I can't wait to start talking about them. Yeah, but. Sadly, nothing to talk about right now. They're not yeah. playing games yet. Other than that Main Street Madness that's coming yes. up, everybody be there on October 16th. Be there. It's free. No reason not to be there. Yes. So let's get right into professional sports. All right. After J.C. Horn got injured, yeah. the Carolina Panthers said, well, let's, what's, one, what's better than one injured yeah. South Carolina mm-hmm. DB? Might as well get two, two. Yeah. injured South Carolina DB. Really? So they traded for... Stephon Gilmore, the yeah. reports today this morning came out that the Patriots released him. Yeah. That was heartbreaking as a Patriots fan. Uh, very sad because I love Stephon Gilmore. I love him on my team. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy that it switched to that he's getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And not to brag, but I was in the shower this morning thinking, why don't the Carolina Panthers trade for Stephon Gilmore? Really? I swear to God, before really? it happened. First of all, that's TMI, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that, if that's actual facts, I swear to God, I'm I impressed. Swear. I wouldn't lie to you, Jay. I'm impressed. Thank you. Let me tell you something. Everybody's kind of wondering how did this happen? Why does Stephon uh, uh, Gilmore get traded? I'm going to tell you. Well, as he just stated, Stephon Gilmore was released today. Gil- Gilmore uh, from the from the from Tom. Don't call me Brady's Patriots. He started the season in the physically unable to perform list, which everybody knows is a pup list. After having surgery on a torn quad, suffered in week 15 of 2020 season. He was the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations. First team all pro twice in a a Pro Bowl selection four times. Why was he released? Well, And Super Bowl champ. And Super Bowl champ. It comes down to three reasons. Injury, salary cap, and contract. 
Yes, sir. Gilmore is currently in the midst of re- a, a, a rehabilitating an injury. Sorry. The Patriots are paying Gilmore about $400,000 a week to heal, and that costs the Pats about $5.8 million for the, for the entire year that they could use to replace Gilmore. Currently, they have $54,000 remaining in cap space. With Gilmore not willing to cooperate with contract negotiation, it leaves the Pats between a rock and a hard place. So, peace out, bro. The Panthers picked up Gilmore for a sixth-round draft pick. Sixth round? When in 2019 you were the defensive player of the year and your first all first team all pro twice in a Pro Bowl selection and a Super Bowl winner with a sixth round, hey, I guess we should be here's, lucky. Here's my thoughts on the, the sixth round pick. As uh, I'm sure at first, before he was hurt, I'm sure we could have gotten – we as in the Patriots. I, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm used to it. Yeah. The Patriots could have gotten – at least a third-round pick for him, a second-round pick for him. Now he's on the injured list. He's injured and expensive. Right. And they were going to cut him. So a team's not going to give up a good, valuable draft pick if they already know you're going to cut him. True. So the Patriots, they made a mistake by saying that they are going to release him before they decided to trade him. And I, I stand by that that was a mistake. But that being said, he was still on the pup list, yeah. still injured. No one knows like how he will play when he comes back from this uh, injury. No one knows how, like, if he will even be healthy once he's off the pup list. Right. So, the sixth round pick, I don't like it personally as a Patriots fan. I wish we could have gotten something else. Right. But it makes sense in the in the football minds of Bill Belichick. Yeah. And that's I, all you got to trust. But let's not talk about the team that lost him. Let's talk about the team that acquired him. All right. Did Carolina we just lose? Say again. I think I think the Kitty Cats down there just lost. They did. They did just lose him. But they just got Stephon Gilmore to boost up this defense. The savior. They saw what the Cowboys did to him and said, this ain't happening again. They already had J.C. Horn injured, but he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Not anytime soon. No, but he'll be back. Gilmore will be there. And they just traded for C.J. Henderson, who uh, another SEC guy came out two years ago from the Jaguars. First ninth overall draft pick. He's got him for a third-round pick. So, the Panthers have been wheeling and dealing trying to boost this already good defense, and they have great weapons on the offense. Their offensive line is doing their job. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold is doing what he's supposed to do. If he can elevate himself yeah. to become an elite quarterback, this team and this team is for, you know, we're still in we're in, we're in Carolina. We might sure. not be in North Carolina, but right. we're still in Carolina. This team is something to root for yeah. and something to really keep your eyes on. I think so. I mean, just because we lost J.C. Horn, which, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, to be honest with you. Yes, he's the captain of the defense. He just had a freak accident. What Usually defensive players step up in that situation, knowing that our leader's down. We need to up our game. And so when Stephon Gilmore comes back, who knows how long he's going to be injured. He might be a week, two. Who knows? But they need to step up, and whoever is replacing Horn needs to bring up bring the athleticism that Horn had because interception man, quickness on the ball, whatever he learned here at USC, he's taking it to the next level. And I hope that whoever is replacing him has had a good uh, school where he came from because uh, uh, he needs a, they need to maintain the Georgia defense that's in the NFL that the, South, that the Carolina Panthers are producing. And the person replacing him is Dante Jackson, a super fast corner. I don't remember what college he came from, but he's been great in yeah. his NFL career, and they have a, pot- a potent secondary that will very that will mess up teams if C.J. Henderson decides to play like the number ninth overall pick. Yeah. So if they can get him playing as he should, 
Dante Jackson's already in there. Once Horn and Gilmore become healthy, they are going to be an elite, elite defense that yeah. is deep. But the problem, which is why probably no one wanted to trade for Gilmore to begin with, is he doesn't play half the season. Yeah. He comes back at minimum week six, and then you got to turn around and pay him or yeah. else he can walk for more money. You're absolutely right. So they uh, they have a tough decision to make immediately once they get into the building, and uh, it it should be all it should be all good because yeah. they're still they they're gonna have to pay Darnold eventually too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if if that's their guy, if yeah. not, then replace and move on. But this is a a team that people should be looking forward to, and a, a hopefully a scary team in the future. I think so. You know, there's other news in NFL. There is other news. There is another surprising release. Happened two days ago. Go ahead. Jalen Smith from the Cowboys, uh, a signature Cowboys player for the yeah. past couple years, pass rusher, linebacker, uh, cut again for random uh, random reasons, but it's all about the money. Yeah. Uh, he didn't fit their rotation. They drafted players to replace him, so he got replaced. Yeah. And now he, it seems like, I don't know if it's official yet, but it seems like he is going to be going to the Green Bay Packers. He might. Uh, if if you're out there in Gamecock Nation listening and thinking that NFL is kind of like real kind of – I mean, it is. It is. You've got to be in good shape and stuff. But if you're not producing, NFL does not stand for National Football League. It stands for not for long. Mm-hmm. And you will be hitting the streets, packing your bags. Your contract will be null and void if you're not producing. And these are just a couple prime examples of if you're not out there doing what you're supposed to do, quarterbacks get dropped like hotcakes if they're Josh not doing Rosen. what they're supposed to do. Yes. CLA, top 10 pick. Yep. He's been on five teams already yeah. now. I mean, it, you, you ha- if you're not at that level, you know, you're going to get cut. You're going to get popped smoke real quick. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, do you know anything about Bill, uh, Big Ben? Big Ben, all I know is that he's not been looking good so far. What I do know is – Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger pass, tossed his 400th career touchdown on Sunday versus the Packers. He now becomes the seventh NFL quarterback to join a 400 or more touchdown passes group. He joins Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Phillip Rivers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and including the all-time and still-counting leader Tom Brady with 591 touchdowns. Big Ben also passed Marino for sixth place on the all-time passing yards list with 61,381 yards. That is unfathomable, to be honest with you. I mean, they're talking about 80,000 with Drew Brees and and Tom Brady. But 61,000? And 400 touchdowns? 400 touchdowns. And it's crazy because we see Tom, we see Drew tried last year. Yeah. Um, We see these guys that are hitting 500, and we think, wow, that's, like, incredible, where you can't know the fact that, 400 is 400 touchdowns. That's yeah. a lot. It's talking about not for long. That's a long career that you are pushing against. So props to Big Ben. It does seem like his time is coming. Soon. Yeah. But you did mention, uh, mention you mentioned Mr. Brady. I did. Um, he played. That's not you. He played the, they played the New England Patriots. <laughs> this they did, and congratulations to him. But it all came off a big doing. That was. Depre- it was a heart-shattering. Doing. Yes, that was a depressing uh a sound that was echoing throughout uh, Gillette Stadium, and everybody went home with that were Patriots fans kind of head down. But at the same time, they got to see their hero, who'd been there for 19 years and brought six championships to that franchise. So it was a, it was a, oh, we lost, but hey, Brady's here type of atmosphere. They were really excited. I'm, it was really exciting. Yeah, it atmosphere. was exciting to watch 
as someone who's named after Tom Brady and a Patriots fan, really? it was weird rooting against him for the first time in my life. Good. The first time in my life, I cheered when he was sacked. Really? I had to. I got to. And pregame, postgame, it's all love. Yeah. But once he's on that field, once, what did your parents ever tell you this? Because I'm sure everyone's did. Once they're in the lines, they ain't your friends anymore. That's true. So yeah, I mean, you can hang out with the buddies out uh, with these NBA players nowadays. Mm-hmm. They, they go to another. The they go out with another city. Everybody has teams. Yeah. Uh, team breakfasts and, and dinners, and you know, and then they hit the str- hit, hit the court. Don't talk to me, fool. I don't know who yeah. you are. Get away from me. We're I'm gonna friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna we block the crap friends. out of your ball. So uh, that's how I felt about it. Uh, it was sad. I thought the Patriots had a chance to win that game. They probably should have gone for it on that fourth down. Yeah. And. But this means Tom Brady is now one out of four people in the world to beat every team That's in true. the NFL 32 as a wins. starting quarterback. Yeah. So him, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. Yeah. Legends of the game beat every team. Ladies and gentlemen, if you did not watch Monday Night Football, it was a good game. Let me tell you, David Carr and the Raiders traveled to L.A. with hopes of riding their three-game win streak to a to the SoFi Stadium and take the spark out of the Chargers. Oddly enough, there was a 35-minute weather delay prior to the game starting to the started starting at a covered venue. Justin Herbert, and a former Oregon great and a fifth-ranked quarterback in, in the league, is coming off a sensational rookie season as he won a Rookie of the Year award and set many new rookie records. He is currently on pace to break all his rookie records and lead his team to the playoffs. The Raiders really didn't have a chance in their matchup against Herbert, which he had three touchdown passes to cars zero by halftime. As the Chargers led 21 to nothing, the Raiders did manage to save face in the third quarter as Carr threw two touchdowns, but that would be the last of any any scoring the Raiders would do. Herbert and the Chargers would throw for an additional score, and Austin Eckler would run for another. Eventually, the Chargers would win. <laughs> In Major League Baseball, we need to do this quickly. Well, ladies and gents, that's all they wrote for the New York Yankees. It came down to the wild card game, and the Red Sox took care of business, winning by two. Up next is the National League wild card game between the St. Louis Cardinals and the L.A. Dodgers. And this game is tonight at 8 p.m. on TBS. Everybody watch and pay attention. Although the cards have been playing well as of late, the Dodgers had an off. The Dodgers have one of the most talented squads that have ever been assembled. My prediction, Dodgers win, beat the Cards 4-2. to two. Tomorrow, the American League Division Series begins as the Red Sox take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Game 1 and 2 are in Tampa. This is a best-of-five series. Also Thursday, the Chicago White Sox head to Houston to take on the Astros in their best-of-five series as well. You can watch that on FS1. On Friday, Atlanta travels to Milwaukee in a National League Divisional Series matchup. You can catch this on TBS. And the other National League Division Series will be held in San Francisco on Friday. But we will need to wait until the result of tonight's game between the Cards and the Dodgers to see who will be playing San Francisco on their home field. And on this date, on October 6, 1993, Michael Jordan announced his first retirement. Wow. Fun fact. I had to put that in there. Yeah. Um, my uh, oh, my thoughts on – I don't have many baseball thoughts. I don't watch a lot of baseball. But I do have thoughts on this Dodgers team. It's not fair they have to play a wild card game. They won 106 games. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 162. What's the point of the season if they then have to play a wild card game? But I get it. You don't win the division. You don't win the division. It's how sports is. It is. But uh, that's all we wrote for the day. Other things in sports is nothing. Nothing. We, we covered, covered it, all. it all. We did a real good job today. So, if you like what you hear, you want to check out other WSC news podcasts, head over to GarnetMediaGroup.org or any of the podcasts. I forgot what we're listening to. We're listening to No Time to Lose by Morning Light Music. The Countdown is a production of WSC, produced by myself, Jay Weaver, and Riley Hudson. 
If you like, uh, I already said that. Follow us on Instagram at WC the Countdown. Email us your songs, everything, ev suggestions, fun facts, anything. The Countdown WC at Gmail. So send your stuff in. We've got nothing. Kind of sad. Not yeah, that's lie. why we don't even remember our own address. I know, because there's nothing to post because we got nothing. So we're, we're sad. We're missing you guys. We miss. And you're lucky uh, Eric Clapton was supposed to show up today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for the week. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. I'm G-Money Dog, Homer Bro, J-Dog. And that countdown ends in three, two,